Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 38 of the Fabulously Keto podcast and today we're interviewing Sheila Docker and Sheila came to us through the Public Health Collaboration and she wanted to share her story with you. It's really great that um, again we're promoting our good friends at the Public Health Collaboration and we are big shout out to Sam Felton for obviously connecting us with Sheila who is one of their ambassadors. Yeah, she just recently qualified uh, in the last, well, when this comes out, it'll be three months ago. So, Jackie, let me tell you a bit more about Sheila. Mm -hmm. Sheila from the Primal Zone is a certified online primal health and wellness coach. For 30 years, Sheila suffered with inflammation of the gut that caused constant headaches, bloating, joint and skin issues. Together with exhaustion and depression, impacting her ability to work care for her family and live a vibrant life. However, 10 years ago, Sheila turned her life around by healing these challenges, losing 20 pounds and transforming her energy and mindset all whilst running a business and raising a family. Since 2012, she has been living a primal paleo low-carb lifestyle, which not only focuses on nutrition, but also mindset, movement and stress triggers. A complete overhaul, specifically what she is putting into her body and how she is moving it. She has loved this way of living and understands what choices influence mind, body and the soul. So much so, Sheila is now an accredited primal health coach, choosing to help others with similar health challenges that as a result of the global epidemic of today's highly sedentary and processed lifestyle. So, Jackie, let's hear more from Sheila. Welcome, Sheila, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Great. And we like to ask our guests to start with, where in the world are you? Oh, I'm in Buckinghamshire. I'm actually based between London and Oxford in the UK. Fantastic. So why don't you tell us how you got started on your low-carb journey? Sure, and I'll be delighted to. So for 30 years, I struggled with inflammatory health issues, um, specifically related to the gut. Um, But obviously the gut is our second brain and things that happen within the gut impact lots of other areas of your health, mental and physical. So yes, for 30 years, I've really been struggling with bloatedness and cramping and aching joints and headaches and low moods and 
yeah, the, the list was endless. It impacted my skin as well. And um, yeah, for 30 years. And I tried many, many medications. I went to many consultants and no one seemed to really be able to fix the problem that um, I was having. So I decided to actually start looking into things myself. And I guess we, we've been finding that there is usually the one, the one person or the one book or the one thing that gets you started to change your way of eating. So who was that one for you? Sure. Well, what, what I did is because, as I just said, that I'd had 30 years of those issues and um, I'd, I'd ended up on medication that meant then that I had to have operations because of the actual side effects of those medications. So it was sort of crisis point that I started doing the research and things that I, I might be able to do to help my stomach. And I started looking at gluten-free and, you know, just messaging all the different things on Google. And I came across Mark Sisson and um, the Primal the primal Blueprint, which I, I embraced. As soon as I started reading it, it made total sense to me. It was that aha moment, you know, okay, so if I cut these things out of my diet, then these things are going to improve. So, yeah, that was my first port of call. And... Yeah, I, I started on it straight away. And within a month, my symptoms started clearing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how quickly it changes. And, and what exactly, you know, cleared up for you? I mean, in terms of your, um, your, your autoimmune or your inflammatory conditions? All of it, all of it. So my the, the first thing probably to happen was actually my energy levels. And my, and my mindset, my, my clarity, my mental clarity improved massively. So they were probably the first few things, two things that happened in the, in the first couple of weeks. Um, but then my stomach flattened and I, I hadn't had a flat stomach for decades. <laughs> and um, even having two children, you, know, you still expect not to have the bloating and the rest of it. Yeah, I still um, and the joints as well. The joints stopped taking and. Yeah, it was the it was the comfort. I've I've been so uncomfortable for so many years. You know, where you put some clothes on in the morning, and by the end of the day, you have to loosen them or change or whatever because you've almost grown a size in in clothes because of the the bloating that you have. So I would say the biggest impact was was my stomach and not having that um, constant bloating and cramping and having to lie down and the other things that are associated with. You know, conditions like IBS, etc. You know, running for the toilet, etc. So, yes, it made a huge difference to my gut. So, what was your quality of life like? You know, before making this change. I mean, you know, you were in pain. You were bloated. That's a really, really, yeah. Flat, no energy. No, absolutely. It's a really good question because I had I had two young children. Well, actually, it goes back to my my twenties. So, you know, I I missed out on a lot of things, but. You know, because you didn't feel, feel well enough to go out and socialise and, and you weren't comfortable to sit in a restaurant or in a bar or whatever. You just felt uncomfortable all the time. But with the headaches, they were like migraine headaches and you just want to take yourself to, to bed. But I suppose the biggest thing was I wasn't much of a, a partner. I wasn't much of a work colleague. But more importantly, I wasn't much of a mother. I mean, I'm a great mother, but I probably missed... I wasn't particularly present at times, let's put it like that. I may have missed out on things I could have done with my children that I just wasn't well enough to do. So what did you actually know about the impact of the food actually on your body at that time? Had you made that connection? It's, it's really funny, actually, because I've been to nutritionists and to doctors and to health clinics and try, I tried everything. And 
what they what they were actually saying to me to do actually is completely the opposite to what I'm doing now. So it was like for me, it was it was high fiber. It was lots of grains. It was beans. It was um, yeah things to keep yeah my body moving, etc. And it was completely different to what actually solved my problems. I know you sort of you know may well have some residual guilt about the fact that you weren't really present there as a mother. You know that certainly resonates with me being a morbidly obese, particularly when my my son was was quite younger. What do the children remember of the time at that time? I mean, you know, do they judge you for being a bad mother or is that just that motherly guilt that comes with, you know, all things mothering? I I think that what they did notice um, was was when I had the migraines and with my hormones, you know, it affected my hormones as well. So my, 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 I was in tears a lot of the time and yeah, they probably looked at me and they were quite, would have been quite scared and yeah I'd be sat there with them while they're having their tea and I just you know head in my hands because I had such awful migraines so they probably remember that time but they also because I've been living this way now for uh, 10 years they now they now see this healthy vibrant mum who's excited about life and is now preaching (laughs) what she believes is the right way to be living and the, the impact it's had on her life so I think they're actually proud of me and yeah, they probably they may when they become parents themselves may remember certain things that you know I did that I wasn't I wasn't present for, but yeah, you do your best. It's 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 like um, you function, don't you? You you know if 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 someone's got if someone's not feeling well, but they know they've got to do things, you still do them, and you 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 are a responsible parent. But yeah, there were there are times that you you just weren't there. You were there physically, but maybe not mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all go through that. We do. And that certainly resonates with me that, you know, I was sitting all of the time on the side of the, the playground, you know, at the swings, those sorts of things, and watching my son at the skate park. But, you know, I was I was morbidly obese. It's so difficult to move. You know, it's hard to move. And as you said, you were doing the right things. You were following the advice. But it certainly wasn't working for you. And thank goodness you found Marxist and, and the um, the primal blueprint and yeah within that short space of time you managed to to transform what what did you change in your eating wow <laughs> I changed from the western diet to a low carb high fat diet um, so the biggest thing for me was cutting out grains and I didn't appreciate how how bigger impact grains would have on me the inflammatory effect that they have on me and you know so we we have cereal in the morning with some toast and then we have a sandwich for lunch and then we have pasta or or great uh, rice or whatever in in the evening we we are a global population now that lives off high carb foods and cutting those out were, were it was tough because we become addicted to those foods and they are just everywhere but cutting those out made a huge difference. And I also cut out legumes. So all types of beans and lentils and things like that, which were the things that I was being told to have lots of to keep plenty of fiber. But again, they had an inflammatory effect on me. And I've cut out sugar. They are the three main things, Yeah. which sounds like an awful lot. But actually, there is so much colorful, delicious, nutritious, satiating foods out there that you can have instead. It doesn't need to be boring just because you're cutting out the crap. No, because most of it 
if you're using real food, you can do all sorts of things with real food. Totally. Yes, it encourages us to be adventurous and also to start looking at, yeah, when you go into a restaurant or a motorway service station, or unfortunately, a lot of them now are providing high protein meals and things like that. So you, you do have a selection now, whereas, yeah, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have done. No, it, it's all pervasive, isn't it? It's everywhere. The high carb way of eating. Is it? Yes. I mean, I wrote yesterday, um, junk is the problem, real food is the answer. Yeah, great quote. When was it when you found the Primal Blueprint? So that would have been 2012. Yeah, 2012. So, you know, nine, ten years ago is when I started looking into what I needed to do. I needed to take control of my life rather than rely on others giving me the answers. So, yes, it was around that time. And, And how old were your children at that time? So 15 and 13. And how did you change your way of eating? Did that impact on the rest of the family? Interestingly enough, my son, the eldest one, is who's nearly 25 now. So he, he loves primal living. And he is very much aware that when he does eat a lot of carbs, how that makes him feel. Um, it's, he, he doesn't have the bloating, but he has the sluggishness and tiredness and you know, low mood. And he knows that by eating in a different way, it's going to bring that back up again. My daughter's a little different. She needs persuading. <laughs> yeah. So your experiences with the, the doctors that you said you consulted with doctors, nutritionists and other, other health professionals, well, what was the general advice that they were, they were giving you and why was it so wrong? I have 100% respect for, for the NHS and for the doctors and nurses and the emergency service. I, I couldn't praise them enough, but I think when you go into a doctor – they don't have a time. They don't have the time to really dig, dig dig deep into what your issues may be and what may be causing them. And it's like putting a sticking plaster o- over what's happening. You know, it's 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 solving one of the symptoms maybe, but not solving what the root cause is. So, yes, I was put on all sorts of medication, and like I said, I had two two major operations because of the side effects of some of that medication, um, and they were life changing operations. So. You know, we do have to be careful about what we're taking, and I, there's absolutely a place for for medicine and treatment, totally. But for me, it wasn't working, and I needed to sort of take a step back and, and find out what what I needed to do to to help myself because I wasn't getting the answers that I needed to help me. What's really interesting from obviously our other interviews um, with with people with with obviously these long term chronic conditions is how you had to empower yourself. You had to go and find the answers. Was that really because that was born out of, as you said, a frustration? You know, you weren't getting the answers, you were getting sicker, and they were just treating the symptoms and, as you said, not the root cause. Totally, totally. I mean, some of the symptoms I had were a bit embarrassing. You know, it was, you know, when you're full of wind, it's got to come out at some stage and, you know, running to the toilet and things like that and, you know, when you've got acne coming up and you can't walk properly because your, your joints are aching. Yeah, it was it was frustrating, embarrassing, and it was life limit, lifestyle limiting, not life limiting, but it's lifestyle limiting. And, yeah, like I say, I cancelled out on quite a few things because I just didn't want to be in attendance at social events or whatever because I just wasn't, I was feeling, and it made me feel very, very tired as well. And low mood, you know, depression came in and, 
you know, it's um, living like that isn't necessary. That's the biggest thing. It's not necessary to live like that. If it's, if it's inflammatory and if it's food related, you can turn it around. Yeah. So what did you learn about the relationship of the gut to your health? You know, you sort of mentioned that, you know, it's, it is your second brain. Yeah. What, what did you learn about the role of the gut in your particular condition? It, it is vital. It is, yeah, absolutely the, sec- the second brain. Anything I put into my body, I now know I'm very mindful about how that makes me feel. And, and it's the gut that tells me that, in, but it, it tells me in different ways because it becomes inflamed and then that inflammation may t- travel to other parts of my body. So if I do have some bread, yeah, one bit of bread's fine, but you know, if, I, if I have it over a period of time, I can, I can again feel the gut responding to that. It knows when it's happening it really knows when it's happy and then it, it helps make the rest of the body happier as well so what's your general advice for good gut health how can i make my gut happy right okay so drink plenty of water that would be one obviously but be mindful about what you're eating like i said i've, I've cut out grains from my life and i've cut out sugar and i've cut out the beans that still leaves an awful lot of food that i can have i can still enjoy so if you, go, if you are going to have something that maybe your gut isn't that particularly happy with, make sure it's bloody good value and quality. And, you know, if you're going to have a bar of chocolate, make sure it's a really nice bar of chocolate. Or if you're going to have some bread, you know, have it with the nuts and seeds and, you know, it's warm and it's, you know, enjoy it for what it is. But don't beat yourself up about it and just move on. Just carry on, you know, treating your body how you know it needs to be treated. Um, so, yeah, definitely don't beat yourself up. Just move on from that. And be very mindful about what you are putting into your body. Be gentle on yourself as well, because, yeah, the stress also impacts. Because I, I, I was having a lot of stress at the same time uh, with business and personal issues. And that also impacts your gut massively. So, um, yeah, just be, be gentle on yourself, but be very mindful about what you're putting in your body. But I totally advocate the, the high fats, low carb way of way of living it's given me I don't know if I'm allowed to say my age but um I'm, I'm 57 and I feel stronger fitter healthier sexier younger more adventurous than I did in my 30s and 40s I can totally resonate with that well yeah and obviously you know for our podcast listeners we actually record on zoom and i can tell you that yes that va va boom actually sort of <laughs> is coming through through on the zoom recording and it's really interesting that you say about i mean we don't mention obviously you know the, the whole sort of um you know the thing about reclaiming our energy and and part of that that's part of our expression as well is obviously our sensuality that once we actually have nourished our body fertility is part of that you know we have this vitality and this um we have nourished our bodies enough that we are capable of thinking about reproducing and um yeah so as you said it is about the fact that you have come to this place in healing your body enough to be thinking about um those other adult consensual you know activities (laughs) i don't think about them that much but (laughs) and i'm I'm certainly past the reproduction age but um no i feel that um because i've lost i've lost a fair amount of weight as well i mean it was probably a couple of stone that i lost but that just that just fell off me and i you know I've, i've kept it off you know and i know that if i do put any on then 
you know, I just need to make a few changes because it's not just about what you eat. It's it's your mindset and it's about your movement and it's about how much sun you get and sleep and, you know, stress levels, et cetera, et cetera. There's an awful lot more that goes into it other than just nutrition. But, you know, nutrition is what we're feeding our gut with. And yeah, to say that at my age that I feel better and ready to take on, on the world more than I ever did in my 30s and 40s. I mean, that's massive. Unfortunately for my kids, that's when I, that's when I, they were young. Yeah. But that doesn't mean now, you know, when they're actually going to be moving into to giving you grandchildren, you know, that you're going to be the most funkiest, vital, you know, you know moving grandma. Oh, do, yeah. yeah. Funky grandma. I <laughs> love it. You can wear that purple hat. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping it's, it's not it's not happening too soon. But no, to- totally. I mean, I want to travel again. I mean, we've been all been in lockdown, and that must have impacted people in many different ways. And yeah, there may be people that have taken that opportunity to make changes to their lifestyle, <clears throat> but there'll be others that haven't, and potentially have become more weary and overweight, and their health issues have become more highlighted because they they have been stuck at home. So yeah, it's um, I can't wait for us to be able to travel again and uh, to do some exploring. Yes, I think we're all looking forward to that. So where has your learning taken you now? Oh, wow, really exciting, actually. So a few years ago, I was I'm, I'm so, like I said, like I said earlier, I feel like preaching to people because it's have worked such wonders on me, but and I'm now a primal health coach. So I am a health and wellness coach. I'm online, I've got clients around the world, so it's, I'm not lit because of the lockdown I'm not limited to, to working with people and I actually love it I love the studying it was the first time I'd done something for myself for a long long time and it was the best thing I have done so yeah so I, I coach men and women mainly midlife men and women to to lose weight but also to work on their autoimmune and metabolic issues and to improve their energy levels etc so yeah I'm absolutely loving it I feel I feel honored to serve others and help them with some of the issues that, that I was having. Yeah. And I think I think it's you were saying it's about the doctors not having time, but it's also lack of education around nutrition and being taught what I, well, others call it as well, the sick care model, where you probably had issues that you weren't sick enough for them to deal with totally and and until it got to a point where it was really bad and probably irreversible there wasn't any way that they could help you totally totally you felt almost embarrassed to go into the doctors to ask for help because it, it you knew you weren't you weren't dying of some condition you were you were just struggling to live a normal life because of the inflammation and the issues that came with that um so yeah yeah I, I, I do feel for them I mean there's the other part as well that you know when you see the recommended diet it go totally goes against what we're saying on this podcast this morning yeah complete turn it round head on it head over heels head on its heels totally totally so but it was also that you sort of said that they were, you know, doing the sticky plaster on the symptoms and, as you said, t- having to take that time to get to the root, the mm. root cause. Mm. And, you know, where the symptoms were, obviously your bloating and um, your your other gastric sort of distress symptoms. 
So they were treating all of that, but they weren't getting to that inflammatory basis of, of your condition. No, totally. And, and who'd have thought by changing your diet can, yeah, because we're poisoning our bodies. Not everybody struggles. Not everybody struggles, but yeah, it's, um, but if you are struggling and you have these issues, then it, you know, if, if you change your diet, you don't need to be on a diet, but you change your diet, then you're going to see these amazing results. I think that the, the food industry don't care. I mean, there's a lot of money in it and, you know, they, they don't care what our health is like. And unfortunately, the medical profession don't have the resources to care about what we're eating. Yeah. And they don't, they just, uh, they haven't learned it. They don't know for the most part, unless they've, like some of the doctors that we've interviewed, unless they've had a health journey of their own or they've seen their um, patients go through it, that opens their eyes and they're of a curious nature to say, oh, let's look into this. Unless they're one of those doctors, then they're not going to take any notice. They don't, and they don't have the time to do it. They're so busy. No, no. I know that, yeah, the, the three of us are part of the, the public health collaboration, um, which is a charity that's obviously had a bit of a movement towards getting into those doctors and you know, offering advice and, and guidance and presentations or whatever to, to help them understand the benefits, especially for pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes, the difference a low-carb lifestyle can make, can make to that because it's, it's especially good for losing the weight. And the weight impact, you know, the weight impacts on joints and, well, all, all parts of your, your health. But, you know, get them moving more and get them to eat a, a low, lower carb lifestyle. Massive difference. Yeah. And a lot of people I find, they just, they think it's normal because everybody is eating these processed standard Western, standard American diet. We're all doing it. We all feel lethargic. We all feel rubbish we all have different issues they might not be the same I might not have the same ones you have and vice versa but we've all got issues and and then we just it just becomes the norm and we forget well we wouldn't we probably wouldn't even know what it's like to feel like we feel sure sure and I think there's part of it as well is yeah we we get these ailments and we're just accepting of them and it's almost like people are sliding into old age or sliding into disease and they're just they're just saying oh that's the way it is or my my parents had this so I'm going to get it sure part of that may be genetics but a lot of it isn't it's to do with what we're how we're living our lives and as I said earlier it's not always just about nutrition it's there's a lot of other things going on as well but why should we just accept a substandard life one of the things that uh, Mark Sisson says in the in, in the primal lifestyle is about thriving not just surviving yeah. Yeah. Do we really, really just want to survive? No, we want to thrive. There's aches and pains, and yeah, absolutely, we want to thrive. So, but I think some people have. I don't know. I think I look at, around and I listen to people. I was talking to someone last week, and he's in his sixties. He's diabetic. He's on diabetic medication. He's on high blood pressure mm. medication. And I said, I can help you. And he wasn't interested. It just, it was like, oh, people always say that and nothing ever changes. But we know that it will change. It would change. But 
how do you convince people? I think I think you that, can't you can't convince. No, you can't. I think and I think there's a comfort there's a comfort factor there as well. So I've been speaking with someone that suffers with Crohn's, and he's on some quite serious medication, but he's obviously he needed to be on that medication initially anyway. But um, he said, well, it's really good because I can carry on drinking and eating spicy food. So some of the things that would have caused the issues in the first place, he's just pleased that he can continue and he'd rather take military grade medication to just calm those symptoms. Yeah. It's the easy way out, isn't it? It's, it's the easy way out. And I can understand people don't want to be in pain and people, you know, if, some, if, you, if you get something that takes all that away, then you're going to go, great. You're going to accept that medication, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it also enables them to sort of maintain their addiction. And um, totally. the more that we hear about that, you know, the fact that there are these addictive elements and qualities in certain foods. So why would I want to give up my crisps or my um, those sugar, you know, my rice pasta grains because that gives me that little bit of a high? Do you have any problems with dairy at all? I don't, but I'm, I'm very appreciative of people that do. No, I don't have any problems with dairy. Like was it an issue for you in the past before you found low carb was it did dairy affect your digestion i think if anything because because my body was obviously highly sensitive then it was i i, I recall it it impacting my sinuses and um so and and sort of phlegmy you know but um it didn't impact my my gut not that i'm aware of because there was so much going on so um i'm not a big big dairy eater but i do have milk and i do have cheese and natural yogurt and and things like that so yeah i like cream with things Mm. yeah yeah when i'm cooking what what's your daily sort of eating regime so yeah so tell us about what you what you eat now right okay so i I do intermittent fasting so i i probably won't eat till one two o'clock this afternoon um it depends we've been working very late so we've been eating late which isn't great though i don't recommend that but um you know i i tend to do the 18-6 window um and that works for me because i'm not i'm not hungry all the time because of the foods that i'm eating I'm more satiating and um, you know substantial, but so for lunch I may have avocado and salmon, and um, with I make some seed crackers which are great, and um, I put plenty of oil on as well, and I may have some olives with that. So and dinner would be would be could be steak, it could be um, you know chicken. So last night I had chicken with some cream cheese in it and a tomato sauce. And actually, just sort sautéed some mushrooms and some some spinach with that, and that that was totally enough for me. That yeah, I was totally satiated with that. So um, apple, I have apple, bananas. I mean, I eat, I eat fruit, so I'm yeah. I know there's carbs in the fruits, but I'll have apple chopped up with some almond butter that I've made, and that will be my like my my treat. I sometimes make you know, uh, dates wrapped in bacon. <laughs> Um, you're going to get the sweet and sour there. So there are, there are plenty of things that you can have as treats as well as your normal meals. So you don't need to feel hungry at all. And you don't need to be bored with your food. Yeah. So just for my reference, because you're primal, what, in terms of where that sits on the low-carb sort of keto spectrum, so you mentioned about bananas and, and apples, those sorts of things, and dates. Sure. So it's a little bit 
on the, the maybe the 50, 75-ish, gram-ish? Yes, yes. And actually, what I what I do with my clients is I wouldn't want them to do intermittent fasting or keto straight away. So what Primal allows them to do is become fat adapted. So they've they've gone from the carb eater to a certain level. And then I go, OK, now let's try some keto. Keto is not for everybody. I know it's 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 some people find it a bit too fatty and the rest of it, but it's it has its benefits for sure. And um, intermittent fasting does, too. So I get them to start experimenting because you you find as well that um, people, if, if, if it's specifically about weight loss, they can plateau, obviously. So then to introduce keto or intermittent fasting actually can re- kickstart that, that with you know, introducing that change. So, yes, I do encourage them to, to go the keto route. Right. But obviously, yes. Do you get them to track at all? They, they have to sort of keep a diary, food diary or tracking? Part of, part of my coaching is I don't want them necessarily to focus on weighing themselves every day and to count calories, et cetera. But to begin with, because they are coming from such a carb-heavy carb lifestyle, I do want them to become aware of, of what they are putting in their bodies. So, yes, so the, the fats, the proteins and the carbs and, and actually get them to realise the percentage of those that they're putting in their bodies. Um, so, so, yes, there is a certain amount of tracking, but I don't – I know that people can get really frustrated or bored. Well, some people actually love data, don't they? They 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 know. <laughs> they love data. The idea is make it simple. Let let them learn what works for their bodies, and and then they don't need to be measuring stuff, particularly. Mm. And that's really getting in back in tune with your body and getting in tune with, totally. with that sort of stuff. And yeah, knowing that not all victories are on the scale because the scales do my head in. I cannot cope with that number. I know Jackie is completely disassociated from the number, but the number means I'm judged. That number judges me, so I, I can't do that. But tracking it can be hard. Like you said, it's it's you know, it's it's great accountability. So it has a great feedback um, accountability, but it bores me after a week. You know, that sort of thing. So for sure, for sure. And also, when people start making changes with their diet, they start feeling better so they start making changes elsewhere as well so they might start exercising a bit more or um yeah they just make they make changes so yeah 80 percent of your body composition is is from what you eat but your 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 body changes when you change what you're eating so it doesn't always reflect on the scales but it will reflect on um in what you're wearing yeah your your clothes feel looser or your posture's changed um your you look you look stronger you you feel better and that sometimes that is so much more important than just what the scales say definitely because it's your confidence as you said it's that that sexy baba boom confidence as well so <laughs> i'm going to regret saying that word <laughs> not at all i uh, know uh, people are going to look at me and say she feels sexy yeah, <laughs> so she should you know and i think that that's that's something that we don't do we don't take that sense of um pride in our achievements you know the fact that you were this woman living with this chronic you know condition and you weren't living your best life you had to find that solution yourself you have implemented a huge change in the way that you've just by eliminating grains legumes and um and sugar and sugar sugar and you you're living your best life which is now motivated you to want to pay that forward in, in your coaching business like you should be proud you know 
that's 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 absolutely wonderful. Thank you. To be fair, I am because having having lived that way and put up with it for such a long time and thirty years. Oh my goodness. You know, it's um, just to put up with feeling like that. Now, you know, it wasn't horrendous every day, but it was always there. It was always, you know, even when I suppressed it, I, I knew, still knew that it was it was there. And so, yes, I feel prou- proud to, to have found my route out of that. And I've been living that for 10 years now. So, yeah, sure, I have a glass. I, I like my wine and um, I treat myself to things. But, you know, again, I'm mindful about what I am putting in my body and how it's making me feel. So and then to become a, a primal health coach, oh, it's just it's the best feeling to to actually help others for sure. Yeah. Serve best others. Best job in the world. Totally, totally. So tell us about some of your clients. I mean, have you got any of, you know, without obviously identifying them or breaching any confidentiality. So tell us, you mentioned that they've some of them have metabolic issues, autoimmune issues. Um, yes. You know, what, what's some recent? Well, there's one. Recent yeah. So, that, that, so, so far they've been mostly men. I am working with women as well, but it's mostly men. They're mostly midlife men that want to lose weight, but they've also... Um, I'm going to be very generic here because this is unfair because, you know, women work all their lives as men do, but men tend to be on that career hamster wheel that they can't get off. And it's all about ego and, you know, the next promotion and, and having to pay for the next house and the cars and kids in uni, et cetera, et cetera. And they're, they're very focused on their performance in their careers and not necessarily in their lives and their bodies and yeah they they've they've neglected to look after themselves and they're, they're getting to an age where you know they might be looking at retirement they might have tons of money they might have a good pension pot and stocks and shares and this that and the other and they've been very very successful but they're now thinking approaching retirement want to go on that cruise or that adventure this that and the other am i going to be fit enough to do it am i going to have be well enough to do it um, one of a wake-up call that I put out um, on a presentation I did recently is what if your wife that you're looking forward to doing all these adventures with suddenly becomes your carer because you've had a stroke? Mm. I know, I know. A bit naughty to say that, but it's true. You know, how many, you know, I know my granddad, it's many years ago now, but he he literally retired and he was dead the next week. And there's many stories like that. Exactly, exactly. So so the men I'm working with, one of them in particular, and he's actually done a fantastic testimonial for me. Um, yeah, he lost two and a half stone. But the biggest thing for him was the energy that he got back. And he realized, actually, he was in a pretty low place because it had allowed himself to, to get there, not giving himself any time. He's, you know, he had got kids and he's got his career, etc., and now he's out there cycling and doing long walks and just feeling the energy come back again, as well as feeling great. Again, he's another one says he's, he's, he weighs less now than I think he, when he, he said when he was in his 20s, but he's got more energy than when he was in his 30s. That's a huge testament to the, how diet and changing, making changes to your lifestyle um, can improve things. Um, quite a few of the people have got inflammatory issues that I work with. So it's, um, and that for me, when they're talking about their weight, but they're also talking about inflammation, inflammation is the the, the main thing for me, the main focus, because if you re- re- remove that inflammation, you're going to lose the weight anyway. Mm. Yeah. Once the body starts healing. Mm. I just find it interesting that men are seeking help. You know, to me, my understanding know. is, you know, 
if you had said to me, well, most of your clients would have been middle-aged women, so, you know, perimenopausal or menopausal women that have had this weight gain, but for men, I think that's actually mm. fantastic because, you know, so often, as you said, you're characterising men as being this sort of stoic, um, you know, provider type, but yet they're sort of saying, well, hey, I don't feel so good, you know, I'm not yeah. living my best life, so... I'm going to go and seek some help. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Oh, I, I love working with men. And, you know, there's three women on this call, um, but I know how difficult women can be. <laughs> and because women have been through an awful lot of changes through their own lives, they have tended to do a lot of research, try different diets. You know, they're, they're very opinionated about different things. Whereas the guys that are coming to me, it's not that they haven't done research. It's just that they, they're ready right now to make a change. And, you know, they may be lacking in body confidence because they put the weight on, um, you know, they want their wives to find them attractive again, um, or, or they are feeling, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm carrying around a lot of weight here. Do I look the figure of authority that I thought I was when I'm sat sweating in a boardroom? Um, yeah, they, they, there's other reasons for them wanting to look good as well mm. and feel good. Yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of characterization and it's really, you know, really great for men because as you said, men in help seeking, you know, they won't go to the GP unless they're obviously really sick. You know, they won't do a lot of that preventative or that legwork or that sort of research. And the other thing is it's about for me, in my mind, it's about the stigma. So when a man asks for help, it's a sign of weakness. But as you said, they're ready. I'm ready to make a, cl a change now. I'm going to make it now. So I'm going to do this. And they commit to it, you know, 110%. They, they realise their why. And, and I want to work with people that realise their why, why they want to make a change now. Um, because you, you could get work with people that just don't, just aren't committed to it. So, yeah, they're investing their time and their money, et cetera, et cetera, into having someone work with them, but then they're, they're not that committed. So if you're committed to make change and you start seeing the benefits quite quickly, I mean, gosh, how life-changing is that? Mm. You know, I've, I've got another a client I was speaking to yesterday, and he said the biggest takeaway with working with me was about unburdening himself. Mm. Because he, you know, he, we, we don't just discuss nutrition, we discuss other things as well, and we coach on other things. So, um, but that was very revealing to me because I, I hadn't actually appreciated that was how he was feeling. Men, and so, sorry, was he, was he unburdening himself with you or, or had he found another outlet? No, with, with me, but not, um, not unburdening, you know. No, just letting go of some of the stuff that he was carrying. Yeah, or, or, or not realizing that he, I'd opened up some doors for him to start thinking about things and for him to come up with ways of changing his way of thinking on certain things. And, and it was, it was easy to say it was like very therapeutic. It's, it's uh, things that he hadn't realized were having such a big impact on his life and how he was living his days. So, so yeah. Yeah. And that may well have been affecting his food choices. Mm -hmm. So the, the role of emotion and, you know, that, that stress as you said the stress affects the gut but obviously then that could be about him choosing easy foods or foods that give him that particular dopamine or sure sure no, absolutely and you know i think with the men as well once they've realized and again i'm sounding very generic so i do apologize to the ladies out there it's just that these are the people that i'm mostly working with at the moment 
But once they've they've made the commitment to make some changes, they they go gung ho for it. It's a maybe it's a pride thing. I don't know the caveman coming out in them, but you know they they go right. Let's do this. Let's let's change this life around. Yeah, and I guess if they have had high powered jobs, they would have used that um, motivation in their jobs. They're just it's just another extension of that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But now it's got to look after yourself. Fabulous. So, Sheila, if I was coming to you as as a prospective client, and how would I sort of, you know, what sort of, how would you build that rapport with me as one of your coaching clients? Okay, that's, that's an interesting question. So, what I do with people is, if they, if I have been approached by them, then I will ask them to to complete a discovery form, which gives me a lot more information about where they are what, right now and what their goals what they want their goals to be and what's hindering them, et cetera. And then we will have an hour's conversation, which is totally free. But we we work through those issues and those challenges and what those goals and make it make, help visualize those goals. And then if we decide we're a good fit, because not everybody's a good fit, you know, if, if um, I might not be right for some people and, and they might not be the right clients for me. And if they're not, I can refer them on to others. So I certainly wouldn't leave people in the lurch. But yeah, so we, we get to know each other via a Zoom discovery call. And you then you then get an idea of how we can work together and, you know, what the program will be moving forwards and how much time, et cetera. So it's um, very open, very honest. Don't want to work with people that aren't honest with themselves. So I'll be totally honest with them, too. And um, yeah, so it's a process that follows that. So we get to know each other before anything's committed to. Is there a, a certain client profile that you perhaps won't work with? So, as you said, someone that's not going to be honest with themselves, someone that isn't really committed, but you obviously help them to find their why. So they've come to mm. you, obviously, with a reason, but you help them with their goal setting and that clarity and articulating their vision. Sure, sure. Well, obviously, I'd like to help anybody, but my, my focus, my niche is midlife men and women. But sure, I mean, I'm working with a 36-year-old guy who's obviously not midlife. And um, if, it's, if it's something that is complementary to what I do, and I know that I can help them, and then our personalities match, et cetera, et cetera, then, it, you know, there's, there's, I wouldn't turn people away unless they really are not the right fit. Yeah, that sort of question is, of obviously, if you're saying you're not going to be working with pregnant women or, you know, that sort of thing. No, yeah okay so so yes probably pregnant women um if people are training for an ironman contest and they they want more personal training um yeah there's a, there's a, f- a few that i wouldn't be able to or wouldn't want to work with but i would certainly refer them to the right people i'm part of a big network of coaches so across the across the globe so it's not through lack of um, being able to refer them to people it's it's you know getting the right people to work together because you want their you want them to have the very best results from you yeah and then th- there has to be that that bond that helps that you help to motivate in them and then they can pick up with that and run totally totally i mean we're all obviously different personalities and um it's yeah you want them to be able to trust you as much as you trust them and 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 then you work together in a partnership it's not where you just have a you know, a call once a week and yeah, there's much more to it than that. It's uh, much more accountable. But it's also, as you said, it's, it's a safe place and you're building that confidence and confidentiality and you're building that rapport and relationship 
and you're really trying to get the best out of people. So you can't do that. Well, as you said, it takes a process. It, it takes time. Sure. But, and trust and respect. Yes, absolutely. And also, as I said at the beginning of um, this podcast, you know, I focus on nutrition mainly, but then there's also very there's the, there's the different pillars. There's the there is the the stress in your life. There's the um, movement and enjoying the outside and play. Do you play? Do you have playtime in your life, or is it all just boring and, and mundane? And you know, there's so and the sleep's so important. So. Yeah, so it's mindset, nutrition, and movement are the three biggies, and then it's everything else around it. So it's quite a holistic approach, and, and not just focused purely on nutrition. Yeah, and it all it all impacts, and we we see that with blood sugar being impacted with exercise, which can go up or down. We see it with stress impacting blood sugar, totally. um, lack of sleep. So. Yeah, to- totally, totally, and it's um, yeah, you can overexercise. And you can't over-exercise yourself out of a bad diet either. No. Yes, definitely. So I get, I, I certainly get a sense, Sheila, that um, you are a committed, passionate coach who really wants the best for their clients, you know, and builds that safe relationship or safe space in that relationship. And not only do you, as you said, give them nutrition advice, but it's a safest enough space to build that sort of other you know, an opportunity for other things to be unpacked, which obviously, as you said, is a holistic way that it feeds into our bodies and how we feed our bodies with stress, sleep, um, mindset, activity, play even, as you said. So that's that's really wonderful. So where can the listeners um, find you? Where are you on social media? How You know, how can they contact you? So we'll have a website, which is theprimalzone.com. Um, nice, easy one to remember. So my company is the, the Primal Zone. But I'm on LinkedIn, Sheila Docker, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Don't really use Instagram very much, but I am on there. But um, yeah, LinkedIn is my my main platform and and then Facebook as well. Great. We'll have all the links in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So before we finish up, we like to ask our guests, what are your three top tips? So my three top tips would be, and I've mentioned these throughout this podcast, so don't punish yourself if you've eaten something that goes against what you, you thought you should be eating as part of your, you know, your diet and lifestyle. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. You know, be be get the very best quality of that bread or that chocolate or that dessert or whatever. You know, don't, don't just eat rubbish for the sake of eating rubbish. You know, make sure it's, it's worth eating and enjoy it and then just move on. But be very, very mindful. And this is point number two, uh, very mindful of how that makes you feel. Because if you haven't had sugar for a while or grains for a while, and then you've eaten something like a you know, loaf of bread, um, See how that impacts your stomach and how your mind, yeah, how it, yeah, your energy levels, etc. Because you may notice, okay, so that's the thing that I need to be keeping out of out of my life because it has made me feel a bit rubbish, or it might not have impacted you at all. Great, um, and be gentle on yourself. Stop beating yourself up and self sabotaging. Mm. I think people do that all the time. They they self sabotage. We're we're all guilty of it. And if you can move yourself on away with that and be at peace with the way you are, and uh, you can certainly make changes a lot easier. Yeah. So, 
be gentle with yourself and self-sabotaging are sort of two different concepts. So when you say don't self-sabotage, what's a good way not to do that? Gosh, that's a good question. Okay, so I'll use some of my own experiences then. (laughs) So I have self-sabotaged plenty of times in the past saying I couldn't do something and, you know, there's, I've been asked to do a presentation or um, do something that's out of my comfort zone and I will make excuses not to do that. I will self-sabotage that opportunity by making excuses not to do it, where actually, was well, that book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, it's very empowering to actually step outside your comfort zone and to try some new things. Mm. That was yeah. just one example. I've done it many times over the years. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila, for being with us today. Oh, it's been absolutely delightful. Thank you for having me. So, Jackie, I really find it inspiring and, you know, in educative how people's journeys really inform the way that they then go on and advocate or they practice or they educate um, in their new um, in their new lifestyle. Mm. Like Sheila, obviously through her own health journey, you know, was inspired enough to to then be a, a coach, a health and well-being coach, you know, with a focus on primal. Um, and I find that really interesting how, you know, the person that comes to this is the person that obviously needed the most healing and how they use that experience to, you know, wish to, to help um, pay that forward and, and help other people in their practice. Yeah, I think it's something about... We've gone through so much of life struggling, particularly if we have weight issues or health issues. So um, Sheila wasn't necessarily overweight. We didn't ask her that in the interview because I was about to ask it and then the conversation went off somewhere else. So she wasn't overweight when she um, went on this way of journey. So her, her reason was inflammation and health, but she still lost weight. But I think when we've struggled so much for so many years, we find that we just want to shout about it and tell everyone about it and want to be able to help people who also want to make the changes. And I think that's why some of us have have taken this journey to to coach others and help others. And that's right. And I think, you know, it's not a bad thing that we've had or what we bring to this situation is obviously our own lived experience and, you know, you've lost weight, I've lost weight, we both had our individual, you know, health issues and moving forward, we still manage, well, daily, you know, with certain challenges. You know, you're the moderator, you know, all power to you, girlfriend, but I'm the abstainer. So your keto is very different to my keto. Um, Your keto being based in the UK, you know, you have a range of delicious clotted creams and pork scratchings, but... (laughs) <laughs> My keto here in, in, you know, Southeast Asia is very different. So, but our lived experiences doesn't sort of mean that the, what we're doing is a bad thing. It just obviously informs it, informs us and informs, you know, our stories, which when we take it to the next level with your coaching, um, you know, that's what you bring is this richness, you know, this richness of our, of our journeys. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Jackie, where can we get the show notes for Sheila's episode? You can find the show notes at www.fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash 
Hey Jackie, you know when you were starting out with keto, you probably had loads of questions. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Don't you wish you just had someone who was able to give you just the simple answers to all those questions about macros, electrolytes, reading nutrition labels and sweetness? Absolutely, yeah. Well, we want to have an episode where you, dear listener, can AMA, which stands for Ask Me Anything. You'll be able to ask us anything using a Fabulously Keto webpage where there is a contact form and you could submit your questions, which we will answer on these episodes. The contact page is fabulouslyketo.com forward slash AMA. Whether you're just starting out or experienced in your journey, we will happily answer your questions. You don't have to be new to keto, so if you're further along in your journey and have questions on being stuck on a plateau or a stall, then feel free to submit your questions as well. Just head over to www.fabulouslyketo.com forward slash AMA. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulouslyketo and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Follow us on social media. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto One. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know that you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto One and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.